0: hey everyone thanks so much for joining me on the slice of healthcare podcast i'm your host jared taylor today i'm joined by mia barb the director of product and vendor management at tripalo how are you today
1: i'm great thanks so much for having me looking forward to uh having some time to chat with you
0: yeah, I'm excited to chat. I'd I'd love if we could we we usually keep these things short and sweet for our our listeners, so I'd love if you could start by telling them a little bit about your background and then maybe lead that into a overview of Tripalo.
1: Sure, absolutely. So um, again, my name is Mia Barb. I'm the director of product uh, and solution development and vendor management here at Tripalo. I've had 20 plus years to date myself in the healthcare industry, uh, primarily in health IT and managed care, and most recently at Tripolo, really focused on connected health programs that bring together our uh, patients, consumers, or members, depending on what segment of the healthcare market you're in, uh, with the clinicians uh, using an enterprise uh, software platform that is augmented with uh, hardware and connected medical devices. So, Uh, Think of Bluetooth medical devices that can be used by patients in the home to collect vitals data to provide a richer picture of the patient and where they are in their care continuum. And at Tripolo, we also offer logistic services so we can not only source those hardware and medical devices, but we can get them to the patient's home or to the clinic, um, meeting those patients where they are and equipping them to uh, better manage their health uh, in their home environment it's
0: It's super interesting and and I'm sure that there are some like some top challenges faced uh, by both the providers and the medical device manufacturers. As it relates to telehealth and things like compliance. Um, can you talk a little bit about how telehealth in particular, like how uh, how telehealth companies can help address that, uh, address some of these top challenges?
1: Absolutely. I think the name of the game in this space is going to be how can you make it easy? making it easy for the, the consumer, right? And may that consumer could be the patient, the member, uh, the, the person seeking care and making it easy for the person providing the care and delivering the care, right? So uh, we live in this golden age of technology. Um, it's almost an embarrassment of riches. There are so many things um, and so many applications for technology, both software and hardware, to uh, make our lives better in on a million different dimensions, healthcare being one of them. And I think that some of it is easy to use, some of it is complicated. So I think whoever can crack the nut on making the most easy, frictionless consumer experience, um, be it for the patient, the member, or the provider, is really kind of is going to win the game, right? Uh, because you want adoption, you want ease of use. Um, if it's easy to use, people will use it. You'll be able to generate the adoption. And if uh, folks aren't using it, there's really not much. Um, there's not much advantage to it, right? There's not much value. So I think being able to deliver something that feels value-added for um, both sides of that equation—the sender and the receiver—then um, all the better. And
0: it's it's uh, you're definitely you're in a very intriguing space uh, when when we talk through things like uh, let's talk through a little bit. I want to shift focus to uh, value-based connected health. So these value-based connected health solutions, how can they continue to improve patient and provider experience? Long after social distancing, we just went through this. uh, I don't think we'll, you know, for a while ever truly be out of it. It'll come back in probably waves, but we're in a much better place than we were two years ago, right? But can you talk us through uh, basically how value-based connected health solutions can help improve, um, you know, patient and provider experience?
1: Absolutely. And um, when you say value-based, I'm going to assume you mean value-based contracting arrangements, right? Where yes. there is a set dollar amount, capitated dollar amount per patient, and the providers are working within that um, dollar amount, right? So I think these connected health programs are really well positioned to help um, with value-based contracting and, and value-based achieving those goals, right? So you are trying to manage patients with a fixed dollar amount. You have some sense of their acuity and severity. And you know, I think that the goal in that sense is, you know, how do you provide the highest quality of care? How do you generate the best clinical outcomes you can? But how can you do that at a at a cost that is reasonable and fits within your budget, right? And there's lots of different ways that those healthcare dollars can be consumed. Um, you can consume them in by going through the highest cost doors into healthcare, meaning the urgent care or the emergency department, um, and that starts to eat away at that. Capitated rate. So if you can help to um, reduce the amount of times a patient walks through one of those really high cost doors, then it's helping you manage your economics if you're the provider, but it's also providing a service to the consumer, right? Nobody wants to go to the emergency department, right? Nobody wants to have to go to urgent care. So if you can maintain that connection with the patient on a more uh, frequent basis, if you can uh, have the data that you need to have an earlier intervention, Um, you know, being able to adjust a medication or adjust some other aspect of the patient's care uh, more proactively, ideally you can avoid, hopefully avoid some of those unnecessary ED utilization or urgent care utilization, right? So it's really kind of twofold in terms of the benefit. It benefits the patient because you're get a better quality of life, right? You know, you have a chronic disease, you're probably never going to get better from it, but if you can have a better quality of life, that's huge. Um, And then you can also help on the provider side by um, giving them easier access to their patients, right? Through the electronic um, interfaces, Uh, you can help them address more patients, right? So there's this huge um, constraint on the actual healthcare industry and the number of people available to actually do the monitoring or, or perform the interventions, right? The clinicians are, um, you know, a strained portion of the resource pool, right? So by utilizing these electronic means, you actually can address more patients more efficiently. Um, so you're really kind of, you can't kind of lose in this situation because you're addressing both the clinical side as well as the patient side and really creating a tighter connection between the two in a more efficient ways. And again, I think focusing on the quality of care, focusing on improving the outcomes, cost savings always follow suit. So um, having, less expensive ways of making those connections, creating those, um, the environment where interventions are easier, um, faster and more efficient just helps again, to reach those goals.
0: Absolutely. And, 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 um, when we look at the, like the, the next frontier of telehealth applications, right. Which, uh, seeing more and more like telecardiology, um, there's certain aspects of telehealth that, we, we haven't seen for, but I'm even like hearing about like all these different, um, er, even non-traditional areas that you would never think telehealth can play because of how just the industry is improving and new new technologies, we're actually able to to provide all different types of care now with telehealth. So when we talk about the next frontier, um, you know, what do you see in terms of, where do you see like some of these industries like telecardiology going, um, at home diagnostics, chronic disease management? You don't have to comment on all of them, but sure. where do you see that next frontier of telehealth taking us?
1: Right. So I think some of the things that get me excited about being in this industry really is kind of the whole idea of the ambient computing and more of the passive sensors in the home. Things that um, you know, if you're utilizing a weight scale or a BP, you have to use it right? There's a deliberate, from the point of the patient, you've got to go put it on your arm, take a measurement. you got to step on the scale, take a measurement. You've got to do something very deliberate with more, some more of the passive kind of sensors where you can put a sensor underneath your mattress and it'll collect continuous data all night for respiration rate and breathing and sleep, right? Your movement. I mean, as a patient, I don't have to do anything. I have to do what I do every night, which is go to bed, right? Um, so being able to implement some of these passive sensors in the home utilizing smart speakers to uh, use sounds to be able to listen in um, for things like alzheimer's and dementia where you can tell by speech patterns that the pa- that the patient is decompensating that to me is what i think is really f- going to be interesting being able to collect that data right first and foremost in a way that's very non-intrusive but then being able to utilize artificial intelligence natural language processing Um, ways that we can then generate intelligence from that information that then can be turned into something actionable relating into an intervention that does help change the course of that patient's help in the right direction, right? Again, that earlier intervention um, and being able to pick up on things that you wouldn't pick up on if you're only seeing this patient every four months or every six months or every whatever. If you're hearing this every day, you're going to be able to be able to pick up on things. I think there's a, there's a dignity to it as well. I think, um, you know, cameras are great and everybody likes to use cameras for things but there's an intrusiveness there. I think, you know, not having, if I wouldn't want a camera on me 24 seven to monitor my health, right? I, uh, but having uh, some of these other ways that are maybe less intrusive, more dignity oriented I think it makes me excited there's be some great things will come out of this technology um, things that you and I can't even imagine <laughs> right now because quite frankly speaking personally I'm just so glad there are so many people so much smarter than me coming up with this technology and figuring out ways to to make our lives better with it I think meta the whole metaverse is another area that's super exciting you know will we be seeing these will virtual visits with our clinicians have a much richer? Um, experience, right? So as opposed to just, you know, talking to them over the camera, is there a way that there's, a, can you generate better behavioral change, better patient engagement in those spaces? Um, a lot of Virtual reality, augmented reality, lots of great things going on there. For So I think it's exciting. I, I can't wait to integrate it all together and make it work and start making a difference.
0: Yeah. In terms of like virtual reality, one thing I want to see is everything still seems very, I love it. Everything still seems very cartoony. Yes, I want when you see like where like video games have gone, how realistic they look. Like I would like to start to see, and I think they're start that's starting to happen now. Developers are starting to spend more time in VR than they ever did before. But man, can you imagine if you're actually able to make something look just totally realistic, like you're in the doctor's office, or just you'd feel so. So, com- or you could even change it, right? You could make it a, a living room, right? This is the doctor's office. Let's make you feel like it, selection. Where do you feel most comfortable by the beach? Okay. Your doctor's visit is going right. to be by the beach.
1: Right. And I'm looking out the window at the ocean, right? Uh, that, that's going to put me at much more ease right into, in talking with my doctor. You no, know, I love that. I mean, it's, it's really, that is the ultimate meeting patients where they are. Right. I mean, everybody talks about meeting people where they are. Like that takes it to a whole nother level.
0: I just want to see it as not a cartoon. That's when I'll get ecstatic about it. Um, And that's not to say that it's, it's just, I see some of it right now. It it reminds me of like early, uh, early 2000s video games. And then the video games today, you can see people like sweating. So we need to get to that point, but um, they definitely can. If they can do it in a video game, they can do it in VR. They just need to focus some time on it. But um, I I really want to thank you so much, by the way, for coming on the podcast. I really enjoyed our conversation and your thoughts on a couple of the questions that we put together today. And uh, wish you all the best of luck and excited to, to follow uh, Tripolo's, uh journey.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much, Jared. Have a wonderful day and uh, look forward to talking to you again sometime.